recording. Good morning, everybody. Uh, good morning. Uh, this is Conversations with Calvin, We the Species. Uh, it's uh, April 9th. Uh, I, I started to do this, telling people dates, because it, I think it, it has to do better with, with relevancy. And, and um, I have a couple of comments to make. First of all, this is really exciting for me. Uh, and I also had to get up rather early to do this because I'm, I'm, um, uh, I'm interviewing uh, Regita Nandila uh, and Regita right now uh, is in India live and, and I'm in New Jersey live. So I'm the one who had to sacrifice and get up on the early side uh, and it's an evening time uh, in India, and, and through the magic of a Zoom, this is working out really, really great. So, uh, everybody, the, the title, which you'll see of this interview, uh, uh, she's a professor, author of Unstoppable. She's a chef, a dancer, and a motivational speaker. So there's, there's so much uh, to unpack. The next bit of information in my monologue to share with you all is, is how we met. And, and, and we didn't meet that long ago. Uh, and usually I meet people uh, uh, on LinkedIn like 99% of the time, but Regina and I met, uh, I guess it was like two weeks ago literally two weeks ago three weeks ago um we met uh at dr gloria bachman md obgyn dr bachman uh, is the director of the women's health institute at rutgers robert wood johnson medical school where i've been on the advisory committee for you know three years uh, and, and every Tuesday, part of Dr. Bachman's program at WHI uh, uh, are lectures that relate to Women's Health Institute. And there's as diverse, interesting, fascinating lectures. And I guess it was two, three weeks ago, Regina was talking about the things she's going to talk about now. And, you know, I go like, wow. I mean, it was so intense and so interesting and so fascinating that uh, I rarely uh, raise my hand uh, at these uh, lectures and I'm usually in the mute mode, but I wasn't in the mute mode and I raised my hand and we chatted briefly. And then two or three days, two or three days later, Regina and I were messaging back and forth and here we are, you know, we, you know, we met last week uh, and, and, you know, we kind of structured this interview because there's so much to unpack in a life of, of such accomplishment that you've had. And, and it's a young life, you know, when, you know, what you've accomplished in such a short period of time is, is wonderful. So uh, I'm now at the end of my monologue and, and Regina, if you would, just like to you know, say hello, and if you want to do a real compact little bio before we jump in to the questions, be my guest and, and take it away. So do a little bio. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Calvin. And I really appreciate you 
for giving me wonderful opportunity to be with you and it's my honor and privilege to be with you all and uh, yeah okay so um you have all these things, all these components uh, of your titles, but let's go back to growing up in India. What were, I'm always curious, what were some of your, your childhood dreams uh, when you were growing up in India? It's an interesting question, actually. When I was growing up, I always, uh, when I was a child, I always wanted to fly. When I, when I saw aeroplanes, I always wanted to fly but I didn't know where I wanted to go. That was my, one of my uh, dream. And uh, another dream was I always wanted to give speeches I, on, on the stage because my dad used to be a public speaker and he was a public figure actually. He was uh, in a village. He used to arrange uh, what you call contracts and building uh, dams and uh, helping people who needed the most in the village. So that's how, um, whenever my dad used to give his speeches on the stage. So I was always inspired by to become like my dad. And uh, when I was uh, 14 years ago, oh, sorry, when I was 14 years or age, I always wanted to become a doctor to help people. And, but I didn't uh, pursue my dream. So I encouraged my brother to become a doctor. Okay. So that was my, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you already mentioned it, but uh, who would you say was the most influential person in your life? Um, I definitely say my, uh, my, both my parents were most influential when I was growing up. Uh, both my parents were people personalities and like they love people and helping people. And they worked very hard to, uh, you know, uh, do projects and together. And they faced a lot of challenges and uh, they... Uh, I learned from them a lot of life lessons, like a, a, they, a, like importance of the people and uh, also discipline, hard work and dedication towards achieving things. And my most significant uh, influential person uh, was, uh, is uh, like a motivational speaker, Tony Robbins. Ah. So, so because I definitely give a lot of credit to Tony Robbins and he made my life like find my gift actually okay yeah. um so at some early point in your life you left india and you went to the united kingdom yes um, why did you do that uh actually it was a very personal question but the thing is it's a, i would like to share because uh i when I was in, uh, when I finished my graduation from science, like, you know, I was a, a graduate student. And when I finished my graduation, I always wanted to go to America to do masters. But uh, because that time, during that time, one of my uncle brought a arranged marriage proposal. So I got arranged marriage when I was 21. So after my marriage, uh, because due to peer pressure, I had to, uh, you know, uh, admit that. I, you know, okay. So I had an arranged marriage and then uh, later I came to know that he was a chronically depressed person. So I was married to, and he, he didn't work at all. Oof. And I stayed in that abusive relationship for 10 years, over 10 years. And then 
I had enough in my life that uh, that time. And uh, all of a sudden I said myself, I wanted to run away from, from him. And I wanted to run away from India actually to escape India, it's somewhere. And then I applied to U, U, US visa. So I got refused two times. Then okay. finally I got student visa to UK. Okay. That's how I- Okay, that's a, so, um, you know, I like to jump around. So um, with that background, but what, and I know you mentioned Tony Robbins, but uh, was anything else inspired you to become a, a motivational speaker? Yeah, yeah, when I was in London in 2004, I attended Tony Robbins motivational seminar, Unleash the Power Within. So when I went to the seminar and I saw Tony Robbins on the stage, and uh, in front of 10,000 people, first time I saw so many people. And I was so excited to see that many people. And uh, when I saw Tony Robbins on the stage, something spoke to me inside. That's what I want to become. And I believed wow. that I would become a motivation speaker. From that moment onwards, I, was, uh, I never stopped. Wow. And you succeeded. And uh, yeah, I definitely so, give a lot of credit to uh, Tony Robbins to find right. my gift. Yeah. Um, so uh, eventually you move to the United States uh, and you started a restaurant business. How about talking about that? Uh, yeah, it's a very long story, but uh, I'll make it a shot. So uh, when I, uh, in 2008, I got remarried to a doctor and uh, he was in the US that time. So I, and I, uh, so I went on a dependent visa to US. So in US it's a different system because uh, whereas in UK, when I worked there, like a, my, with my experience, they promoted me from customer service assistant to chef, and chef to chef manager and then relief manager. Then I thought, I okay, same thing. I can work in US with this experience, work experience. But US uh, immigration is different and their uh, system is different. So I couldn't work there as a dependent visa because of that, my status. Uh -huh. So I stayed in uh, at home, like, you know, without work six months. So it was very difficult for me to stay long, remain jobless for so long. So my husband helped me to establish a restaurant and we partnered with a Pakistani cuisine, a Pakistan restaurant owner. Okay. Named. That's how we established the restaurant. Interesting, yeah. interesting. Um, and alongside that, um, you, you also got into culinary management in, in Canada, right? Yes. Culinary management, yes. Okay. Um, did you want to just say a couple of things? And what were you you're doing in Canada with culinary management? Yeah, because after running one year of restaurant for 24 by 7, you know how the restaurants run, right? So it's a, it was so hard work. And, and I after running one year, then I didn't see myself future in restaurant business. And during that time, my husband was planning to come back to come to India to start a establish a uh, hospital with his friends. Then I thought, okay, I always wanted to 
you know, established in Western countries. So I thought uh, it was very difficult for me to settle down in US because of, you know, like a uh, lot of immigration, sorry, immigration, like a green card I needed for to work, for working. So then I thought, okay, because if I wanted to pursue my academic career, so I, I chose Canada because Canadian immigration is very easier to settle down. So then that's why I entered into Canada and I, I studied culinary management in St. Lawrence College. Okay. Then you did something uh, that, that's very uh, unusual. And it's interesting, I, I never really knew much about it, but uh, a year ago I had interviewed a young, a young, a young man who went to a, a silent retreat center. Uh, and he told me about that and it was a, a new world for me because I'd never really encountered anybody. Now uh, I'm encountering you and you also went to a silent retreat center um, what were some of your experiences uh, doing that? Why'd you do it? Yeah, a silent retreat center because uh, it's a very, uh, very, very hard question. Actually, it's a lot to share, but I will share like a. So, I, when I, after my graduation from St. Lawrence College in culinary management, I started working in restaurants. So, I worked like a seven days a week because I didn't want it to stay uh, by myself in, you know. So I started working. One, after four or five months I worked there, I didn't feel myself working in restaurants or owning a restaurant. And I, I lacked a sense of purpose. And I felt very lonely. And I feel like coming back to India and join my husband and my family. So then I come back to, India. I went back to India. So after when I went back to India, my husband and his friends, they already established a hospital, 32 bedded hospital. Uh -huh. I, my husband was settling down there. So I, my family were, were very happy that I came back to India. So I'm with my husband and all. Then I worked for worked as a marketing manager for one year in real estate company. Okay. So working one year, then I felt like I it didn't feel right for me, India. So I said to myself, all these years, I went to UK, US, Canada, and uh, worked so hard. And I didn't want to give up like that. I wanted somewhere to get permanent residency, like Canadian permanent residency, so that I have, a, I got option if I wanted to stay in India with my husband and our, my husband could join me in Canada. So that's why I, I said to my, my husband, I told him that I wanted to go back to Canada. So he agreed for me, with me and he said, okay, you can go and pursue your thing. So I went back to Canada. So back and forth, I think two times I went back and forth. The third, this is the third time I went again. When I went to, again, I started working in the restaurants. One day I fell down in the kitchen. I slipped and I think it was on the, some oil was on the floor. So I slipped and I fell over myself and I injured my back so badly. So I couldn't work for, I think more than 20 days. Wow. 
then I, I, you know, really injured a lot, like a backbone thing. So I stayed at home for three weeks, no job, no, no family at home. And very cold winter, I felt more lonely, lonelier this time. And I said to myself, I didn't want it to be anymore in Canada. So I, I told my friend, my close friend, Josette, I stayed with her actually. So I mentioned her with her that I wanted to go back to India permanently. I don't want to come back anymore. And she said to me, your story looks like you're on a spiritual journey. Your story looks like eat, pray, love. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And she bought a book for me. And she said, you need to read this book on the way to India in the flight. So then I came back to India. When I came back to India, uh, this time my family said, this time you are not going back. So they were very much my, my husband, my mom, and all my family, they said, you're not going back anymore. So I went back there. Then I, after three, four months, I started feeling the same nagging feeling, like something missing, confusion, lots of anxiety, like, you know, so I didn't know whom to share because I was scared if I share with my family and I went into deep depression. So I went to see a psychiatrist, doctor, and I took uh, counseling classes, counseling sessions with him and uh, nothing helped me. So one of my friends, she said, she mentioned about silent retreat center for meditation for 10 days. So I went to silent retreat center. So there, uh, it was like a 10 hours a day complete meditation, silent meditation. And we are not supposed to talk to anyone for 10 days, no phones allowed and no uh, eye contact. It was complete silence. So it was very tough for four or five days because just 10 hours observing sensations, entire body, that's all we did. So, but after five days, I started feeling some peace inside. And I felt so happier mm. and light. I felt very, like a feather and I, I was so happy. And after 10 days, I, I came out like a different person. Wow. My, my husband noticed my changes, my family all noticed. And I thought I am fine. I was fine, you know, that's how I came out. I thought that's it was wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. I, uh, I, I, you know, you're the second person I've talked to about this, uh, and it, it's so curious. Um, of course, I, I, I make li- I don't. It's not that I'm making light of it, but uh, spending twelve hours a day in this room by myself, uh, doing the work that I do and the reading, and, and I'm finishing a second novel soon. And, and it, it's kind of like silent meditation, um, but nowhere's near what you did. And, and it's very intriguing yeah. for me to do that, maybe someday. So, um, uh, this is a, um, an off topic question. I, I didn't tell you about it. It's a simple one word question. I always like to ask it. Um, uh, so, 
I'm kind of springing it on you, but it, it, it's it's an interesting question. Uh, excluding family or, or friends, name somebody you'd like to spend living or dead. Somebody you'd like to spend a day with, not family or friends, but somebody living or dead that you'd like to spend a day with. I don't know if anything pops into your head. You mean that uh, I didn't get you, sorry. Well, it, it, I mean, if going back in history, if there's somebody living or dead uh, in history or now or somebody in the past that if you could spend a day with, who would that be? My dad actually passed away. Okay. Like, uh, yeah. Okay. Years, yeah. In 2005, when okay. he was 15 and he passed away with a heart attack. So he was my hero and he was okay. my best friend. Okay. I, Great uh, answer. Yeah. Great answer. So now, uh, jumping back into your life, which is so diverse, uh, you, you've You've done work with drug rehab centers. Uh, uh, if you could share, uh, I mean, your, your background is so diverse and so giving. So part of you is the work you've done with drug rehab centers. If you could share some experiences and maybe some emotional, heart-touching moments, uh, scary moments, uh, you know, working with men in, in, at, at drug rehab centers, if you could share that. Yeah, sure. Actually, uh, the, because you, I wanted to share how I entered into that drug rehab. Center. Yeah, I, 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 that's part of it. How did you? Uh, yes, yeah. Because I, after my silent retreat center, uh, uh, that meditation one, after one month, I started feeling more like a more confusion. I was so like restless and I didn't know, I didn't see myself not in, uh, I didn't see myself in India. I didn't see myself in Canada. So I, I said to myself, where I should go? Not India, no Canada. So where should I go? So I, it was so scared. I, I was so scared to share with anyone that time. So I, I didn't know what to do. So I went to washroom one day. So I started crying in front of the mirror, looking, my, looking into my eyes. And I cried completely like I, until I poured out all my waters, like, you know, tears. Then something, I asked God, why am I feeling this? Why am I going all these challenges? I don't know. I am tired of this life. I don't know what to do. That's all I asked. Wow. Something spoke to me inside. So loudly, loud, like you will be better off in Canada. And all of a sudden I was smiling and I felt so happy. And then I, I said to myself, I promised this time when I go to Canada until I get permanent residency, I will not come back to India. I promised myself. Then I shared with my husband, I wanted to go back. And he was, he was so mad at me. And he said, you are crazy what you're doing. You, you don't know what you're doing. So you are going back and coming back. 
So you are behaving like a child, so confused. So if you go back this time, don't even bother to call me and don't come back to India. And when I shared with my mom, she said the same thing. Don't, you know, you, you become so westernized and you, you, you're not listening to uh, family anymore. You become self-centered, looking after only yourself, not with anybody. You are not, uh, you, you know, we made a big mistake sending you to the Western countries. So, and she said the same thing. She doesn't want to talk to me anymore. So, and uh, with those harsh words, but I didn't have any choice. I followed my heart and uh, I went back to Canada. Wow. So I went back to Canada. I was so desperate to get a job. So I got this job at a drug rehab center as a chef manager, but I didn't know what was the drugs. Actually, I didn't even know what exactly drugs and rehab center. I had no idea. My intention was one year working there and to get work permit and uh, you know getting the permanent residency was my intention to get there. When I, when I entered into that building, I felt right at home. I felt so peaceful. And first day of my job, they hand over me panic button to wear on my neck to, for safety in kitchen. Sure. So part of my job was train clients, six new clients every week. Every week, six new clients come and I need to work with them in the kitchen. So that was the most scariest part actually, because they, I don't know who come from where, we don't know, I don't know. Most of them come from fresh from prisons. So I didn't even had any clue, but there was another part of me was excited there I can help people. That was my exciting part. And I was uh, excited about unknown. I never worked like that. So I wanted to see what it is. So I, I started working there like, you know, uh, with a fear, but excitement kind of thing. So after, until three months, I was working there with a, one day, I was very scared to go to work. So I got off the bus to go to work and it was peak winter and all and early morning, my job starts six o'clock to 12, like a evening six o'clock, like a 12 hours work. So when I got off the bus, I saw the building. I was so scared to go to work. All of a sudden something spoke to me inside. That's your temple, they are your guards. I said, I was so fascinated where this message is coming from. And I felt so happy. And I exactly took those words and I entered into the building thinking that I imagined this is temple and they are my angels. So when I entered into the kitchen, I saw a big flower bouquet with thank you letters, thank you cards. Wow. So when I opened the cards, all appreciations wow. the client has written and the staff and i was overwhelmed and i shared with the staff this is what i my experiences and they said you know this is god spoke to you so you came from india to serve these people it's a god's plan that's what they believe that so i really felt that day like it was god's plan so i started calling them 
angels and I started giving them hugs. First time I started giving them hugs. So clients connected with me so beautifully. So then onwards, that time onwards, I started creating beautiful food, like a presentation and with the music, while I, while I was preparing the food in the kitchen, I was, I put, I was running the Bollywood music and I started dancing with the clients. I started teaching the uh, clients dance. And I started giving a little bit of motivational talks for them to, you know, do wow. better in their lives. So they all instantly become, it becomes like a part of my family. Like I become like, they become like best friends in the kitchen. So it was overwhelming. I was for me overwhelming love and the respect. Within no time, I was connected with clients and uh, they connected with me. It was a win-win uh, situation. I found my passions and my purpose there. I think that is how I found my calling there. And from that time onwards, I never thought that was my workplace. It was a joy for me. Every single day was a, you know, like a, I never uh, wanted to leave that place. That's how I ended wow. up doing it. And there was uh, like a lot of heart touching moments. And uh, I, I would share with you one of the moment was one client, uh, he, when he came to the, uh, harbor light because they come with so much pain right so one of the client when i when he came first time and i i, I generally he give him give them hugs and i i you know encourage them to be you know open with me and i uh, you know make them feel home so he said to me i never remember when somebody gave me hug and after so long i'm smiling I didn't even remember how to smile. And you are like my angel. And he cried so much that day. And that touched my heart. There were so many heart touching moments like that, but it's, you know, and uh, I, can I read one of the letter, one of the- Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Actually one of the clients, uh, because of the clients, they stay there two months. And uh, after two months, they graduate from the program. And before they graduate, they give a speech, like a, what are their experiences in the workplace, uh, harbor, uh, sorry, the drug rehab center. So one of the clients, when he was leaving, he worked in the kitchen, he gave a speech. So can I share that? Absolutely. Yeah. So Rajita represents what this whole program teaches us. She is my role model, someone I can look up to her. Her commitment to do an amazing job and, and put 110% in everything she does to the smallest detail, working unselfishly to please others and make them happy. Not only she, she does, sorry, not only she have fantastic work ethics, but she approaches everything with an enthusiastic attitude, work, people and situations. Rajita energy and the way she connects, carries herself is contagious. Anyone working with her soon adjusts to the positive environment and to the kitchen energy. The kitchen became my safe heaven. No matter what happens to me or what mood I am in, when I entered into Rajita's kingdom, I changed to be positive and happy. Her genuine smile and hug was a gift from universal love, a very special human touch coming from a deep well. Thank you for being yourself the way you are, Rajita. We all love you. 
So that, that was like, you know, it was so much, I, uh, it was overwhelming for me. There was like this and the people, and I couldn't even, you know, my, my heart uh, is filled with so much gratitude. And I think of our, like a drug rehab center. It, it's, um, we're not going to talk about this now when we go off the air. Um, you and I are going to talk a little bit about spirituality. You, you come from a very spiritual place. You do a lot of spiritual things. You are motivated and guided. And, and that's one of the things that um, is thrilling for me to listen to you because I've had a, a spiritual journey myself. And the things I do, um, I certainly wasn't... I, I, but anyway, uh, I, I, this is not about that, but uh, I, I wanted to say we need to chat more off air about this because your work and, and uh, is fascinating. Um, uh, let's see. Um, so... Um, a portion of your life, somehow you take all this energy and, and what you're learning and your experiences and you become, um, you know, a motivational speaker and you started teaching at St. Lawrence College uh, in Canada. How did that come about? I mean, you're a teacher in, in college. Yeah. So you want me to tell how I entered into the college? Or yeah, sure. Okay, actually, this is a very interesting question, actually, because while I was working at some, uh, again, you know, one of my dream was to become a dance instructor. So that also I achieved, uh, like uh, I did that. So while, while I was giving a dance workshop at St. Lawrence College, one of the professors, psychology professor, he saw me and he asked me where I come from, what I do. And when I mentioned about drug rehab center, I'm work, I was working, then uh, he couldn't believe. And he said to me, coming from a different country and culture, you working with a bunch of drug addicts, I need to know more about you, more about you. So when we, I shared with him brief story of mine, and then he said, your story is very inspiring and uh, you lived like four lives already. So I want you to come as a guest speaker to my class and tell you a story. That's how I entered into St. Lawrence College. Wow. Wow. So from there, he introduced me to the president of the college, St. Lawrence College. So the president was impressed with my, all my works and he introduced me to the vice presidents and all the departments of the deans. So they offered me to give a motivation, a keynote speech for Ontario Five Colleges professors. Wow. In 2017, I gave that and uh, on Algonquin College uh, awarded me the honorarium yeah. award, sorry. And uh, then from there, every department I started giving speeches, one led to other. So in the, even in the Kingston community, and I started giving everywhere, like a Kingston community and uh, drug rehab centers. So I started giving the motivational talks. So in 2018, I, my contract was ended in uh, our, uh, drug rehab center. Four years I worked there, 2014 to 18. Mm -hmm. So after so long, I didn't want it to come out of that place. But my health, you know, sometimes it happens, right? 
like all the challenges come. So my health couldn't take it. Like I was uh, facing a lot of health challenges. So I had to give up my job. So when I uh, ended up uh, drug rehab job, so St. Lawrence College offered me teaching um, part-time teaching job, right. which is, uh, I started teaching personal stress management and culture and communication classes. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. yeah, you and I, a little bit, a little bit similar. Uh, uh, I was asked to teach at Rutgers two years ago uh, about careers and because I bounce around and done so many different things. So that's a little bit of commonality. Uh, you also did some volunteer work uh, in a prison. Yes. How'd that come about? Actually, you know, I believe that when you want something, the universe, uh, you know, bring all the opportunities. This is amazing how I ended, in, I, uh, ended up uh, volunteering in the prison. Because in 2016, one day I was uh, walking in front of the prison, actually, because where I live, uh, that is the prison. So something pulled me, like uh, that prison side, and I felt like connected. And that day I said to myself, I am going to give speeches in this kind of prison set settings. So one day I was teaching a dance workshop in the, uh, at YMCA. One of my, uh, uh, sorry, my, what do you call, member, gym member, she said, uh, uh, Rajita, you, you are a very positive person. You should be working in the prisons. Like that she mentioned. I said, I would love to. And she said, I'm working in the prison. So if you want to work, I said, I would love to volunteer and giving speeches. She said, I know I, I can connect with you people in there. So she connected me. So that's how I entered um, into this. Uh, my next question uh, uh, is how did you wind up lecturing at the Women's Health Institute at Rutgers Robert Johnson Medical School and how I met you? How did you come to uh, lecture there a couple of weeks ago? You mean uh, coming to WHA? Yes, yes. Okay, actually in 2010, when I was in uh, America, my husband was working, uh, volunteering uh, in the Robert Wood Johnson Hospital. Okay. Okay. So one day uh, my husband, I went to the hospital with my husband and there he introduced me to Dr. Bachman. So, and uh, we connected instantly, Dr. So, you know, Dr. Buckman, how she can, you know, she's a wonderful oh, I know, I know. So that's how we connected. And I, uh, I was so impressed, her, her uh, welcoming personality. And I said to her, would you, like, would you mind coming for a dinner? And I would like to prepare nice food and uh, bring all your team. So they all came. So after our dinner, so I did one dance and uh, I encouraged everybody to dance with me and they all loved and Dr. Bachman and uh, who else? I, I think Diane and another person. Sure, maybe, Diane, maybe Amy. So 15 of us danced together and Dr. Bachman was very impressed and she said to me, so would you mind coming to, the, coming to Robert Wood Johnson Hospital and giving a dance performance there? And workshop kind of that's how i entered okay and recently dr buckman i shared my uh, about my memoir 
and she said, uh, uh, would you mind teaching, like uh, sharing your story with all doctors? So that's how I gave that. Um, you mentioned a memoir. So uh, kind of winding down, there's just two more things I wanted to ask you. Um, what are, are the books you're writing? Um, now, part of the title uh, of one book is, is Unstoppable, but that's just part of the title, correct? Yes, yes. And, yeah. and, um, uh, and uh, are, are you writing uh, a, a cookbook too? Yes, I'm writing a sushi cookbook, yes. A yes. sushi cookbook. I think that's great. Finally, um, the last question, um, and I, I can almost answer it, having spent this time with you, I can almost answer it myself. Did you ever imagine in your life that you would be doing all these amazing things? I never imagined in my wildest dreams. But it's the universe up there that does the orchestration. And I, especially working uh, at drug rehab center and finding my calling there, and getting all these opportunities yeah. and where I am and uh, especially meeting lots of people and, uh, you know, inspiring and uh, uh, empowering people and uh, like, you know, teaching, cooking classes, dance classes, working with, a, a, you know, a lot of different things I yeah. never. Uh, it's a wow. And, and um, I'm so glad that we had this special time Thank you. Uh, so for me to introduce you and to share part of your journey uh it's this has been wonderful and and of course i i'm so grateful to dr bachman because she is just an amazing person and and has transformed my life and 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 allowed me to meet you Vegeta. so um i'm gonna we're gonna close now i will of course invite you back anytime to talk about some of the books that you're writing when the time is right but it, it has just been very special spending this early morning and at night over there uh, with you and I, I just can't thank you enough thank you See, the feeling is mutual actually i'm very very grateful to you thank you thank you so signing off from new jersey and from india uh and you be well